0: Hey there, I'm Duarte
1: Geraldino, And I'm Shamita Basu. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. But first,
0: let's catch up with some of the day's top headlines.
1: The Washington Post has exclusive reporting detailing an alleged culture of sexual harassment within the offices of Washington, D.C.'s NFL team, one that extends all the way to the football team's senior leadership.
0: Politico is reporting the head of the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid, Seema Verma, mishandled millions of tax dollars as part of a public relations effort to improve her image. An inspector general's report released Thursday confirms the account.
1: And as cases of coronavirus continue to surge across the country, the Democratic National Committee is telling delegates and elected officials not to attend next month's convention in Milwaukee.
0: Two big announcements this week highlight stark differences in the way President Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden approach the environment.
1: Joe Biden gave a speech in which he said that the core of his economic agenda is a hard left crusade against American energy. He wants to kill American energy. When Donald Trump thinks about climate change, the only word he can muster is hoax. When I think about climate change, the word I think of is jobs. Biden introduced a two trillion dollar clean environment plan, which would be spent over four years. And the plan is wide ranging and includes things like eliminating carbon emissions from the power grid by 2035 and devoting federal money to support minority communities impacted by climate change. Biden says his proposal will also create millions of union jobs through new technology and infrastructure overhauls.
0: Trump is taking a very different approach compared to Biden so far. The president rolled back 100 environmental regulations he says are bad for American business. And this week, he weakened the National Environmental Policy Act, which, by the way, is a Nixon-era law that requires the U.S. government to consider the environmental impact of any major federal project or activity before granting it approval.
1: Yeah, the Wall Street Journal analyzes both candidates' positions on the environment. See, Biden worked with Bernie Sanders and other progressive leaders on his plan. And Duarte, at least strategically, forging this alliance might help to appeal to the young, energetic, left-leaning wing of the Democratic Party. But the one issue where Biden's not moved to the left is fracking. While he says that he would ban fracking on federal land, he wouldn't go so far as to say he'd ban it altogether. And considering how important fracking is for voters in energy producing states like Pennsylvania, Biden might not want to alienate anyone from those crucial swing states.
0: Trump, on the other hand, well, he's speaking right to his base. The president came in with a deregulatory agenda. He's stuck to it and he's hoping people in his base feel confident about their bank accounts come Election Day. And as far as he's concerned, the proof is going to be in your pocket. One energy analyst told The Wall Street Journal, Trump isn't competing for hearts and minds. He's aiming for wallets and margins.
1: It has been a strange week for the nation's leading infectious disease specialist. At the beginning of the pandemic, you often saw Dr. Anthony Fauci right by the president's side. Well, times have changed for Dr. Fauci. This week, a top Trump advisor shared a cartoon mocking him. And the president's trade advisor, Peter Navarro, wrote an op-ed in USA Today this week saying Fauci has been wrong on just about everything. Now, the paper has since added a note to that op-ed saying that several points Navarro made were misleading or lacked context.
0: Well, the rumor is... The White House is not granting Fauci access for TV appearances, but it hasn't stopped him from making the rounds this week with magazines. Let's start with his interview with The Atlantic. He spoke with reporters Peter Nicholas and Ed Yong, who, by the way, is doing some incredible COVID coverage. Mm -hmm. During that interview, the unflappable Fauci seemed a little testy. He called the barrage of attacks against him this week bizarre and completely wrong and said they ultimately hurt the president. He says he's still in touch with the coronavirus response group and that he's not planning to leave his job anytime soon. And as for Peter Navarro, Fauci says, quote, he's in a world by himself.
1: The more surprising place Fauci showed up this week was on the digital cover of InStyle magazine. You see him there. He's sitting by the pool. He's got his sunglasses on. It's kind of weird. Look at him. It, It turns out that Fauci lives in the same neighborhood as CBS reporter Nora O'Donnell, who conducted the interview for the magazine. And they've known each other for years. And O'Donnell points out that CBS has asked him to come on for an interview every week for the past three months. So she asks him straight out, are you being muzzled? And Fauci says, simply, there are other ways of getting out there.
0: Last year's college admission scandal showed us all just how far America's wealthiest parents, like celebrities Lori Loughlin and Felicity Huffman, will go to ensure their kids get into prestigious schools. But if you thought that was bad, the L.A. Times sheds light on a story that makes Aunt Becky's admitted fraud look quaint by comparison.
1: Yes, this reporting comes from Pulitzer Prize winners Harriet Ryan and Matt Hamilton. It's a story about a Qatari royal and a California university. Sheikh Khalifa bin Hamad bin Khalifa Al Thani is a wealthy member of the Qatari royal family. And what the L.A. Times' investigation reveals is that Al Thani may not have really attended classes or done any schoolwork. Instead, they report he supposedly relied on a group of fixers to do all the work for him.
0: The writers describe Al Thani as living the California dream. Their report shows us how he put himself up at a luxury hotel, the one where Pretty Woman was filmed, and Mm -hmm. spent lavishly. His bills were reportedly buried in complex invoices, first funneled through a car rental agency, and then sent back to the Qatari government to pick up the tab. And according to the writers, when a member of his entourage needed a kidney transplant... Althani allegedly paid a man from Egypt to fly to L.A. and give up his organ. Mm. Former members of Althani's staff told the L.A. Times the royal bought and gifted a human kidney, which in the U.S. is a federal crime. Althani's lawyers and the hospital deny any money changed hands.
1: This isn't a mindless hate read about a wealthy foreign student. It's a deeply reported story about power and alleged corruption at the highest level of our higher ed system. One last story we'll leave you with today. The U.S. Mint has slowed the production of new coins due to the coronavirus. And over at NPR's Planet Money, they say it's a good time to revisit a long-standing debate over whether it's time we kill the penny.
0: Oh, that poor little coin. Planet Money has a brief history of the long campaign to retire the penny. And if you listen to the episode, it starts with a little experiment. They put a penny on the sidewalk in New York. This was pre-COVID-19, by the way. And Mm -hmm. reporters waited, just waited in the wings to see who would pick up that coin. Nobody touched the penny. They put down a few more coins, nothing. And it turns out pennies aren't even worth the time that you would spend to pick them up.
1: There's an economic argument here, too. It's only gotten stronger over the years. Planet Money explains for every penny the U.S. government makes, it has to spend about two cents. The U.S. Mint lost over $72 million last year making pennies. And listen, in our cash-strap times, I could think of a couple of other ways that money could be used. But hey, that's just my two cents. I landed it. Did I land it, Duarte? Oh,
0: my goodness. You said it. (laughs)
1: You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app.
0: And while you're there, check out our latest feature, audio stories. These are narrated versions of articles from some of the best magazines and newspapers. And it's all available to News Plus subscribers in our new audio tab.
1: One of our favorite stories from the week is from Tyler Perry. He talks about his son and his hopes for the nation's future.
0: The level of racism and brutality that George Floyd faced is something that we as black people know all too well. When I saw that video, I had so many raw, guttural emotions. I felt for him and his family. I felt for all of us as Black people. I felt for my five-year-old son. It's such a powerful essay from People magazine, and part of a bigger collection of stories hand-picked by the nation's top magazine editors.
1: Because great journalism deserves to be seen and heard. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk with you again on Monday.